1: Are you a fan of the Superhero Therapy Podcast? Do you want more episodes, more content, and more guests? Do you want our show to reach and inspire more of those in need? Well, we can really use your support. If you would like to help us in our mission to spread awareness and destigmatize mental health struggles, we ask that you please subscribe, rate, review, and share our podcast with friends, family, and folks you might think would enjoy and benefit from our content. Most importantly, please consider joining our Patreon community and becoming a contributor. As one of our Patreon contributors, you will get access to exclusive content, announcements, videos, and more. You will join a community of like-minded pop culture enthusiasts that celebrate our connections to our favorite movies, TV shows, icons, and superheroes. As a contributor, you will also be helping us support mental health charities as 15% of our proceeds are donated monthly. To join our Patreon community, go to www.patreon.com, make an account, search for Superhero Therapy, and select one of our tiers. Now, on with the show. Are we live?
0: We are live.
1: Well, in that case, I got to do this. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no
0: more. Oh, I'm tearing up just hearing this.
1: I got chills. That literally chills <laughs> up and down my spine. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, a filmmaker, a producer, and an all-around fanboy.
0: Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and the full-time geek, and also a full-time monster hunter.
1: So this is our first live podcast, and we're so excited that you all could join us here at the Outpost 2020. Today we're going to discuss one of our favorite television shows, Supernatural, and we're going to discuss how us fans can cope with the end that is coming all too soon. Oh man, this show has been running for 15 seasons, and when it's all wrapped up, it's going to have 327 episodes. I mean, it's ginormous. There are millions of us fans out there, and many who are going to be devastated when this show ends. I just want to reach out and give you all this like big virtual fan hug because we all need it. We all need this support. And this fandom is so special. It's super special. It's a family. It's the SPN family. Why is this show so popular? And what is it about this fandom that makes it so special?
0: Mm, I'm just feeling so many emotions right now. I think for so many of us, this show has become a family very much as you mentioned. I think for so many people, they might feel alone in in facing our biggest, scariest internal monsters, whether it's the monster of grief or the monster of depression, the monster of loneliness. And I think that this show has become this beautiful metaphor that we're not alone, that every one of us is facing our internal struggles, and we can all do it together. We can all do it as this one big family. In writing a book, I wrote a book on supernatural therapy, and it's meant to be this essentially self-help book for any kind of supernatural fans out there. And in writing it, I asked supernatural family members for anyone's story. And I received dozens and dozens and dozens of stories where people were talking about how the show had stopped them from suicide, how the show had stopped them from self-harm, how the show helped them through a loss of a close family member. And I think that the show is really powerful, not only on what it portrays on the screen, but in terms of the community that the cast members have created off screen. Supernatural is one of the not many shows that has conventions dedicated specifically to it. So there are Supernatural cons where the actors are able to interact with the fans and the actors also share their own journeys. So Jared Padalecki, who plays Sam Winchester, shares his own journey through depression, for example. And in case any of you are new to Supernatural or maybe haven't seen it, I just wanna do like a two sentence summary of the show. The show is basically about two brothers, Sam and Dean Winchester, whose mother was killed by uh, an evil demon. And as a result of that, they become monster hunters. They hunt all kinds of supernatural monsters. They travel the country to save people from evil ghosts and demons and evil witches and all kinds of scary things that might be hurting people in order to make sure that nobody else loses a loved one the way that they did. So I think above anything... It's a story of heroism. It's a story of coping with something really traumatic, and it's a story of using trauma to do
1: some good. Mm. So, I mean, just in general, why are fandoms so important?
0: Yeah, I love that question. I think that for people all over the world, fandom helps us to feel less alone right? Fandom allows us to have a voice when we might not have a voice. I don't know if this is the case for any of you, but I know for many folks that I work with as a psychologist, I see a lot of people who were shamed for going through a hard time. So as if it's not hard enough already to go through depression or grief, people might sometimes, maybe even well-intentioned people might say, well, just don't think about it or get over it or focus on the positive. And unfortunately, when that happens, we end up feeling even more alone than we already do. And fandom, whether it's supernatural fandom or another fandom, allows us to have a voice, allows us to see that we're not unique in going through a hard time. It allows us a refuge and it allows us a way to say, that's what happened to me. It allows us to understand the pain that we went through. And maybe not all of us lost a parent to an evil yellow-eyed demon, (laughs) but I think we all are familiar with loss. And so being able to process it in this kind of fictional lens can allow us to understand what happened to us. And. Supernatural is the kind of show where you can have horror and humor at the same time. So Mm -hmm. Sarah mentioned that you love the Scooby-Doo episode. That's one of my favorite episodes episodes, too. too. Yeah. And I love how there can be like a a mix of different types of fandoms in one. And Supernatural is a show that doesn't take itself too seriously, but also can talk about really serious and heavy topics in a way that we can all relate to.
1: Right. So... As I mentioned, this show is ending in, after 15 seasons. And the end of this show is really sad. It, it made me reflect on why we grieve for pop culture. There's a lot of shows that end, you know, too soon. I mean, this one's been around for a while, but it still feels like it's too soon for me personally. But why is something like losing a beloved television show like this one so difficult for us to deal with?
0: Well, you know, I think... Like you mentioned in the very first question, for so many folks, this show has become a family and there's been this kind of a routine in a way where we know that no matter what's going on in the world, there'll be a new episode that comes out next week. And now after this year, there won't be. And uh, much like Alex here mentioned the episodes where the boys are more vulnerable, those are the episodes that we probably even stronger relate to, right? These are the episodes that we can see ourselves reflected in. And so I think that for so many of us, it feels like grief. It feels like a close friend is moving away to another side of the world, or maybe it feels almost like a death in a lot of ways. And that is because for so many people, this fandom has become a support group. And watching the shows together with one another has become like something that we do together with a family member, like a family dinner. And so, of course, it makes sense that we're all going to go through grief. Um, There is a concept in psychology called parasocial relationships. This refers to when we form these kind of one-sided relationships with fictional characters in which fictional characters function as our family, our social surrogate, our uh, support network. And so in the show going away, there are countless of people out there that feel orphaned in a way, that feel like they're now losing that sense of support. And while it's true that we can still interact with other people and still rewatch, just the loss of new episodes and new content can be really devastating. and then we had a few comments here about monk we Um, just
1: had a podcast about that a couple weeks back
0: (laughs) absolutely and monk is such a charming show that held a lot of different concepts together monk in case you're not familiar with this show is a beautiful and very very powerful show about a detective whose wife was killed in a car bombing And as a result of that, he went through a number of different mental health struggles. Before that even happened, he was already struggling with OCD. But when he was married, before his wife died, his OCD reduced significantly. And that is because very often being in a loving, caring relationship can really help our mental health struggles. We know that Adrian Monk was also somebody that had a really traumatic childhood. His father abandoned him at a young age. His mother was basically absent and Monk was severely bullied. And so, of course, it's understandable that he would have a lot of difficulties. And after his wife was murdered, Adrian shut down, he was severely traumatized, he was stricken with complex grief, and I argued that he might also be on the spectrum. And so I think certain social relationships are more challenging for him in terms of how to express himself, how to let people know what he needs. And like so many people out there, who lost somebody, sometimes we try to control the things that we can when we're so overwhelmed with trauma and grief that we feel like we can't control other things. So if you have not seen monk, I highly recommend it. If you have not seen supernatural, I highly recommend it. It's it's
1: charming. (laughs) Um,
0: There was a question about where to hear the monk podcast episode. If you look for superhero therapy podcast on just about any podcast platform, Mm -hmm. you should be able to hear the monk episode. And I believe it's
1: episode 57. So around there. So, I mean, this fandom is so wonderful. And as you can see, we're both wearing, I mean, as the audience members can see, we're both wearing Rise t-shirts right now. And it's in support of Sam Smith's campaign for breast cancer awareness. Sam Smith is the actress who plays Mary Winchester, Sam and Dean's mom, in the show. Can you please give other examples of the positive impact and campaigns that have risen from this fandom?
0: Well, I think... This campaign being extremely important in terms of providing support for individuals who are going through breast cancer, I think just in allowing folks to know that they're not alone fighting this kind of a monster, um, I think this is incredibly moving. And Sam Smith herself is facing this monster. And in Mm -hmm. all of us joining forces, I think this is us supporting her. Other campaigns have included Jared Padalecki's Always Keep Fighting. So in case you're not familiar, Always Keep Fighting is a campaign to let folks know that they're not alone in going through depression and perhaps even in feeling suicidal. Jared shared his own story of going through depression and is encouraging folks to talk about their struggles and to see a mental health professional if they need additional support. And so it's a way to take the stigma out of mental health because the truth is each and every one of us is struggling with something there's nothing wrong in going through a struggle in fact going through a struggle is the foundation of resilience it is not a weakness it is our strength and so the campaign like always keep fighting very much shows that other projects have included gish for example which is actually going on next weekend i believe so different kind of support systems for social advocacy and of course, all cast members, supporting folks in reminding them to vote, to exercise our own voice, our own monster hunting abilities to vote, to use our voice
1: for good. Yes, please vote (laughs) if you haven't already. I'm pretty sure many of us already have. So one thing that's wonderful about Supernatural is that it is full of these amazing metaphors and this amazing symbolism. What does this show teach us about facing our own monsters, our own internal monsters?
0: Yeah. You know, I think from the very first episode, we are confronted with grief. We're confronted with loss when the boys lose their mother They, as we know, grow up essentially just geared up and ready to fight more monsters. They don't quite have a childhood, it is stolen from them. And I think that it's a really powerful depiction of how grief ages us. Mm -hmm. For so many of us that might have experienced traumatic losses in childhood, we have to grow up very quickly. And sometimes we want to run away from our grief. So, in the first episode, we see that the younger brother, Sam Winchester, initially wanted to run away from his family legacy and didn't want to become a monster hunter. He wanted to become a lawyer. And yet, when his own girlfriend was murdered, Sam decided that it was his destiny to fight monsters alongside with his family. So I think that the show depicts very powerfully the our internal demons, what that might look like. I think the show also shows compassion toward individuals that are different from us. Not all monsters are evil. We know that not all werewolves are bad and not all vampires are bad. And so Maybe even not all of our internal emotions are bad. So maybe instead of fighting them, we can get to know them. So I think that the show as a whole is so full of metaphors. One of the themes we see over and over and over again is that we're not meant to fight these monsters alone. We're meant to join other monster hunters, right? We're meant to find a support group. In fact, whenever Sam or Dean hide their suffering from one another, things get worse. They never get better. And so it is by joining forces with others that we might feel better. Um, And we also know that certain avoidance mechanisms, like drinking, for example, tends to not be very helpful. It allows us to maybe like feel better, maybe just for a moment, because we simply numb, we don't feel. But in the long term, it becomes much, much worse. So just as we wouldn't wanna get addicted to demon's blood as Sam does in, <laughs> in the series, it makes sense that avoidance of any kind where we try to selectively numb our emotions, if we try to numb grief, if we try to numb heartache, it tends to backfire. The truth is emotions are an all or none package deal. And so if we try to numb grief and anxiety, we also numb joy and creativity mm-hmm. And so the only way out is through. And we learn that from Supernatural. The only way we can face our monsters is by facing them head on, by arming ourselves up, by learning everything we can about those monsters and doing it with someone else. Maybe having a support person, maybe joining our fellow fandom members, or maybe with the help of a therapist. Alex mentioned, Jared was the first celebrity I'd seen talking about mental health, which helped me start my own journey. Mm -hmm. What a powerful statement, right? Because if somebody that we look up to can talk about mental health, it gives us a voice too. It gives us the opportunity to say how I feel matters and what I have to say matters. So I think it makes a really big difference.
1: Yeah. You were talking about good werewolves and good vampires and bad, you know. That's one wonderful thing about this show is that there's so much gray. All of these characters live in the gray and there's good angels, there's bad angels, there's good demons, there's bad demons. It's wonderful. What do you think about that?
0: <laughs> Again, I think what a powerful metaphor right? Because I think that sometimes we think that some people are all good and all bad. And actually that's what makes it really challenging for some people to navigate difficult relationships. For example, as a psychologist, I work with people who go through a lot of trauma. One of the types of things that I do to help people is helping folks who are in an abusive relationship, for example. And when most people think about an abusive relationship, they think of an abuser that is 100% evil 100% of the time. But we know that people are not 100% anything. And so for a lot of folks who are in an abusive relationship whose partner emotionally or physically or sexually abuses them, There are also going to be some times when they have peaceful interactions and even happy and pleasant ones. And so that's what can be really challenging for some folks. They might say, oh, but my relationship isn't all bad. There are these wonderful times we have together. And then there are times when my partner hurts me. And so I think this show is an important reminder of the fact that most of the things are not polar, most of the things are not all good or all bad. Somebody can be a good person and sometimes do some bad things. And somebody can be a bad person and be capable of kind actions. And what we need to think about is, overall, is this the kind of relationship I want to be a part of? And overall, is this safe? And is this something that I want to partake in? And so I think that sometimes it's really hard to think about these things when we're in them. But when we look at another person's relationship, if we were to see this kind of relationship on television, we might think, hey, this kind of a person is abusive and I would wish to see the survivor of this kind of abuse leave, for example. And so if you would encourage somebody else to think differently than you would think. If you would stand up for another person, if this was happening to someone else, then chances are you also need to stand up for yourself. A lot of times we are so close to our own trauma, to our own experience, that we might not be able to see how much we're being harmed. After years of abuse, some individuals normalize bad treatment. And so I think watching shows like Supernatural, we can start to see this relationship is not okay. This relationship is toxic or abusive, or this particular maybe friend or family member is not okay. And so it gives us a little bit of a distance in a way that allows us to process about what's happening to us and what kind of measures we need to take.
1: Right. So you're a writer. And to cope with the ending of the show, you wrote a book about it, like you mentioned earlier. And the book is Supernatural Therapy, and it's hunting your internal monsters in real life. I think it's an amazing book. It has stories from real fans out there, and that's what we are. We're an SPN family. But also, you and I love Supernatural. And to cope with the end, we recently started our third podcast, which is called Supernatural therapy. <laughs> and we're going through every episode once again. It's giving us another excuse to rewatch this series. We all cope differently. What are some ways to cope and some tools to deal with the ending of this wonderful show? Mm.
0: Well, I think there are so many ways that we can cope with this, but. I think that one of the best things that we can do is rewatch the series, if this is a series that feels like home for us, continue attending different conventions, like Outpost, for example, mm-hmm. where we can get in touch with other folks that are also- I love into- this
1: format. This is Me a great too. format.
0: <laughs> Me too, right? Isn't it a wonderful format? We can interact with everybody. It makes it easier. And like Katrina here mentioned, we can take our time slow watching it, right? We can stretch (laughs) it out. We can continue having streaming parties. So even if we're far away from other people, we can watch the episode at the same time and have a discussion about it. We can even write our own fan fiction. So... One of the things that I would encourage some of you to do if you're interested in this kind of stuff as an option is to think about some of the episodes that have moved you, maybe an episode that made you really sad, maybe an episode that angered you, maybe an episode that made you really happy and imagine that you could be a part of that episode. So this process of fan fiction is called self-insertion, and this is where you make yourself a part of this particular fandom. And think about what would you do? Would you be a part of the Monster hunter team, would you join uh, Sam and Dean and be a hunter? Would you be one of the angels? Would you be one of the demons? Would you be a witch? Would you be a werewolf? And what kind of an individual would you be? How would you like to change the particular scene? Maybe you'd like to make it even stronger. And so think about a way that you could be a part of the series. And I think that sometimes doing this kind of a fan fiction exercise can allow us to not only engage with the series, but also to recognize what is it that we really value. And there was a comment here from Sam that says, supernatural fan fiction community is legit. I agree 100%, right? There's so many fan fiction pieces out there. I personally highly recommend fanfiction of all kinds. There's a large fanfic community out there, the AO3 community. Some SPN of it gets within a little A3, interesting
1: too, by the way. Huge.
0: <laughs> uh, it's wonderful, yeah. And that includes all kinds of fanfic. Katrina said, I'd want to say I'd be a hunter, but realistically speaking, I'm the body. They stumble over in the beginning, probably because I was in the woods trying to pet something I shouldn't. Oh, my gosh. I could totally see myself doing that, too. Like, you know, here, (laughs) giant werewolf. (laughs) Yeah, I could see myself doing that, too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I could totally see myself trying to adopt a werewolf and bring one home. (laughs) <laughs> um, Sarah asked if there is an audiobook from supernatural therapy, is that the one that you mean. There's not one right now, but that's a great idea. I think that would be that would be definitely something I would consider. All the podcasts that we have, those are mm-hmm. available. Those are completely free and available for you folks to listen to. So I think that there's so many different ways to cope. And attending cons like this one is one of the many ways of doing that. So, if there's any way that you like to cope, feel free to put it in the chat. We'd love yeah. to learn some of in the fact, ways. That, that was that my you next question.
1: <laughs> I was asking an audience member would anyone want to share how they cope personally with the end of this show?
0: Yeah. So, um, at any point, feel free to put comments in the chat. Feel free to ask a question. We are definitely here and happy to interact
1: while we're waiting around. I mean, do you have a favorite episode?
0: Oof, so many. Can I say every single one? Uh, or almost <laughs> That's every not single... true.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> majority of them, I should say. So, one of my favorite episodes, and just I love this episode and it's so gut wrenching at the same time, is Death's Door. Mm. So, I apologize. There will be spoilers here. Yes. So, Death's Door is an episode where, unfortunately, Sam and Dean's guardian, Bobby, dies and I'm getting choked up just talking about this. I remember as we were binging the show, you fell asleep, Dustin.
1: Yes.
0: And I was watching Death Store, and I'm just sobbing uncontrollably. And then Dustin woke up and then he was like, who died? And I was like, <laughs> Bobby. And it she was, was so sobbing, sobbing. And it was so gut-wrenching. And the reason why is this we learn Bobby's origin story. We learn that Bobby had a very abusive childhood. He grew up in an abusive home. His father physically abused him and his mom. And in this particular episode, as Bobby is dying, he gets a chance to revisit his worst memory. He remembers what it was like to witness all this violence. And we also learn why he never had children. We learn how terrified he was in following his father's footsteps. And we also learn that he, in a lot of ways, became a father. He became a father to Sam and Dean by being their adoptive dad. He took them on as his own, and he raised them the way that a good father would. Whenever their own father, John, was not available, Bobby was there to step in. And what's really powerful about that episode too, is that Bobby gets a chance to comfort his little self. He gets a chance to comfort his younger self in that very traumatic moment. This is a really powerful trauma technique that I do with a number of, of my patients. If there was a really painful experience that you went through when you were younger, imagining the older you, the compassionate you, supporting the little you in that moment, maybe comforting them the way that you would comfort someone else, the way that you would comfort a friend? And what would you say to them? What would you say to little Sam and Dean after their mother died? And what would you say to you when you yourself were going through something really, really
1: challenging? Yeah, I would have to say if you know my my favorite episodes there's so many i mean i love anything that has to do with the trickster gabriel those are always fun anything that breaks the fourth you know wall (laughs) those are great i love just like sarah mentioned earlier i'm a scooby goober so i love scooby natural i think that's a fantastic episode it's a toss-up but i'm reading From Alex here, it says, I usually cope by reading fan fictions and finding beautiful fan art on Tumblr and then sharing all those with my close friends who are also watching this show. That's beautiful. There's so many groups out there on Facebook and Twitter and everything, and they're sharing their art and they're sharing their memes. And that is a wonderful, wonderful way to cope is reaching out to other people who enjoy the fandom as well.
0: And in case any of you are interested in reading fan fiction, if you don't know where to find it other than Tumblr, you can also find it on a website called Archive of Our Own. Archive of Our Own is the largest fan fiction kind of virtual universe, if you will. In fact, a number of their works have been nominated for Hugo Awards and other awards. And you can read all the fan fiction. You can just type in Supernatural and read all the Supernatural fan fiction for free. And so you can also post your own. It's a very supportive community. Thank you. There is a link there, archiveofourown.org. And you can look for the tag Supernatural.
1: You want to address that one from the outpost there? What is that? Benders? Yeah.
0: Benders episode, because sometimes humans are worse than monsters, Sam says. I agree completely. There are some individuals that are so much worse than a lot of the monsters. And so unfortunately, I think that we've seen that in real life. Over the past decade, over the past few years, we've seen, unfortunately, so much hurt and so much violence. And it's true that there are some individuals who are worse than any monsters we can write. And that's where I think reality can sometimes feel like The worst kind of a dystopian fiction. My Twitter like location where you are at one point used to say San Diego. Now it says dystopian reality. (laughs) It's not even fiction anymore; just dystopian reality because we are facing so many really hurtful things. You know, we're we're seeing rises in racism and prejudice and homophobia and, and transphobia and misogyny, and also we're seeing an apocalypse happen. And so supernatural fandom is so wonderful at helping us face the apocalypse. I would just like to think that Sam and Dean are out there somewhere fighting this pandemic, but the (laughs) truth is what we know about facing an apocalypse is that the only way to win is when we all band together. And I think the best way that we can all face this apocalypse, this pandemic is by all of us banding together, supporting one another, wearing masks, social distancing, and really checking on each other, checking on uh, our loved ones, um, also checking in with ourselves, reaching out for help when we need it. And there's 7 billion of us in this world, and all 7 billion of us now are monster hunters against this pandemic. And so it is by banding together, that is how we're going to defeat it.
1: hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's a couple more comments here. Um, I think,
0: so there is, Katrina mentioned, I also appreciate the in-jokes and the lightness of the episode where they go into the alternative reality. Is it, it, yeah. There's fan fiction. And then I think, are you talking about the French mistake, maybe?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a great uh, episode.
0: <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's the one that you're talking about. The French mistake is an episode where Sam and Dean go into another world our world it's a trickster
1: episode (laughs)
0: it is and they go into kind of reality where they are not sam and dean they are jared and jensen and they're actors who play monster hunters on this tv show named supernatural it's one of my favorite episodes as well it's just so funny and so the great thing about supernatural is that they're able to blend Horror and humor at the same time and make the show really enjoyable and also really powerful to watch.
1: Who is your favorite character? Let's get into that. Yeah, I mean, I know it's hard.
0: Put it in the chat. Um, yes,
1: everybody put it in the chat. Who's your favorite character?
0: So I have two, I guess. My favorite character of all time is Charlie Bradbury. Mm -hmm. I still miss her, and not only because she's a redhead. Queer nerd that I highly, highly identify with on all three of those. Also, just because she is such a badass, and I wished we we saw more of her. But I also love Sam. He's compassionate and kind, and he's somebody that if he existed in real life, he's somebody I would just want to hang out with. But so yeah, Charlie and then Sam.
1: Yeah, boy, I, I love so many of them. You know, you gotta love the Dean. He, you know, he's just Cool, your favorite, (laughs) yeah. Well, not really. My favorite happens to be, you know, you mentioned earlier Bobby, and I think the reason why is I really connect with Bobby on a lot of levels. I want to go out, I want to be a helper, I want to help people. You know, I have a son I adopted, there's just so many connections I find with his character. He's he's so loving and. You know, I get a little grumpy sometimes, too. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, I mean, that's what's wonderful about characters is your connection to them. There's so many great characters, you know. I love Rowena, I mean, that's the best depiction yes. of a witch ever, yes. And you know, we, we see from the outpost here, they love Castiel and Sam. I know Castiel is just so great, he, he does kind of represent that spectrum. Group And I love the ass butt thing. <laughs> He's Oh great. my
0: goodness, the ass butt comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's true. A lot of folks who are on the spectrum have said that they really identify with Castiel because they feel like they see a representation themselves in this character. And our dear friend, Rachel Miner, who played Meg, the second depiction of Meg, the demon, often says that folks will talk to her about how they never realized that people with autism could have romantic relationships. Relationships. And when we see Castiel and Meg have a romantic encounter, this is something that was really powerful for a lot of folks. And of course, anybody who wants to have a relationship can have a relationship and also people don't have to have relationships. And so I think the cast is just so wide. There's so many characters. There's so many depictions. There's other comments here. Lucifer and Adam. I miss Crowley. I just, Oh, I, yeah. I miss Crowley so much. (laughs) One of my favorite episodes are when Crowley is becoming human. And uh, so in case you're not familiar with him, Crowley was a demon. And he for a while was the king of hell. He also happens to be the, the witch that we mentioned, Robina. He's her son. I'm so sorry if these are spoilers. And at one point, as Crowley is becoming more and more human, he says, I just want to be loved. And I think <laughs> it's the most powerful line in all of Supernatural ever made. I just want to be loved because isn't that what we all want? We yeah. all just want to be loved. And so in that way, in that regard, we're all a little bit Crowley.
1: <laughs> we, we do want to open it up for some questions here. We're leaving a little bit of time for that. So if you have any questions, that'd be wonderful.
0: Feel free to put any questions you like in the chat or feel free to click ask the question box. In the meantime, as we're waiting, we can take a look at the Supernatural Therapy book. Again, if you're interested, feel free to check it out. By the way, if you cannot afford this book but you need this book, please email me and I will send you a free PDF. I would hate for people to not have access to mental health resources just because of finances. So if you need this, but you cannot afford it, please email me, you can email Dustin and I at superherotherapy at gmail.com. Feel free to request a free PDF copy of this book and I will send it to you. Again, if you need resources, I'm happy to send you them. So. One of the things that we can do is we can take a look at some of the elements that we talked about in this book. One of the concepts that we talk about is the concept of an origin story. An origin story is basically the beginning of our quest. Every single hero, and that includes Sam and Dean, and that includes characters from other fandoms like Batman, that includes Avengers, that includes Harry Potter. A hero from every fandom has an origin story. But here's the thing each and every one of you have an origin story too. And so when we're going through a hard time, that is another origin story, that is another monster that we're facing. But here's the thing an origin story doesn't define us. It is the very beginning of our hero's journey. It's your jumping off point. So for Sam and Dean, that was the loss of their mother. But the rest of your journey is up to you. And the most powerful thing that we can do is to learn from our pain and help other people to understand what they're going through also. As going through something really painful, we gain wisdom Now, I'm not here to say that we all need trauma to become wise. That's not true. But sometimes going through something painful unlocks certain superpowers that were always there to begin with and can allow us to then understand other people who are just at the beginning of this journey. And so in writing out your origin story, it might give you an understanding of the kind of people that you can help. That's step one. Step two is finding some kind of a role model or a mentor. And so for the boys, it was their father, John Winchester and also Bobby, right? These were their two mentors that they looked up to. These were the people they went to for guidance. Now, if you have a person like that in your life, like a family member that you can go to for anything, maybe a teacher, a friend, a therapist, that's great. But some of us, we might not have a supportive person like that. And so if you don't, you can also utilize a fictional character in that regard to be your mentor. For example, you could think of Sam or Dean or Cass or any character you like as your own mentor, and you can imagine having a conversation with them. What might they tell you, you know, how might they encourage you? And I imagine that if, for example, you had a few moments to talk to, let's say Sam, he might remind you of how incredible you are. He might remind you of how many lives you've already helped, how many people you've already helped with your kindness and how you are incredibly courageous because you help people. You know, sometimes we might not recognize the impact we have on other people. And last year in my therapy practice, I was working with a teenage girl. Let's call her Kelly, but Kelly's not her real name. And Kelly came to see me after going through severe trauma, anxiety, and depression. When Kelly was in elementary school, she was severely bullied by her classmates and actually one of her teachers also. By the time she got to high school, Kelly was so anxious that at first she started not showing up to classes where she had to do a presentation. And after a while, she stopped going to school altogether. Just leaving the house would put her in a state of a panic attack. And so after a while, she had to be homeschooled because she couldn't leave the house. And because of that, she was so depressed and so ashamed. She was thinking about suicide. She was self-harming. She was really going through a hard time. What she didn't realize was how courageous she was just to be able to make it to my office on her first session. So when we met, we talked about her origin story. So Kelly wrote out her origin story. So for her, it was her bullying story how she was bullied in elementary school and how much she suffered. And even though it was years later, she was still going through a hard time, understandably. But then I asked her, do you have some kind of a heroic mentor? It could be a fictional character, somebody that you look up to. And she's a huge Supernatural fan. So she said, well, yeah, Dean Winchester. Dean is my my role model, my superhero in a way. And I said, cool, let's pretend that you and Dean are having a meeting and she was just in tears just from imagining this. And I said, let's imagine that Dean already knows your origin story. He gets it. You know, you don't even have to explain yourself. He just understands. And he has some words of encouragement for you. And I said, I'm going to ask you to write it down. She was just crying and smiling and writing out this, you know, page long thing that Dean would say to her. And then she read it to me. And essentially it said that Dean reminded her that she's a monster hunter, that she's courageous, that she's helping people and that he believes in her. And she was you know, so excited by this that she said she wanted to be a real life monster hunter. So I asked her what it would mean. And she said it would mean facing her fears, it would mean returning to school and it would mean helping her friends. So over the next two months, we started designing certain exercises that would allow her to face her fears, and we labeled these monster hunting skills. So she got a journal. She actually got the Supernatural Journal, (laughs) and she started writing in it, and so we would process certain traumatic memories that she had. We would practice facing her monsters by going to the mall, for example, or walking around school grounds, but without actually going into school like on a weekend, and we looked at it as facing demons or fighting ghosts. And so she would find a way to label it her own way. And then we would do certain like magic spells, and that would be like a mindfulness exercise. And so two months later, she went to school. And I got to tell you, like, I'm still in tears remembering this. So she called me on the phone. We were on the phone as her dad was driving her to school. She was crying and shaking. She said she was nauseous. She actually threw up on her way to school. And she was like, I don't think I can go. And I was like, look, you don't have to. And what would Dean say to you? And she said, Dean would say, remember that you were a monster hunter. And exactly like Alex just said, saving people, hunting things, right? So, and sometimes it means family (laughs) business. And sometimes it means doing the hard thing. So with Dean's voice in her head, Kelly, get out of the car. And she went to class and she stayed for one class that day. And the next day she stayed for two. And then after that, she stayed, at the end of the week, she stayed for a full day, all of her classes. And so over time, Kelly started attending more regularly. And, you know, there were times that she was still anxious. And then after a while, she realized that there were other students in her school that were also going through anxiety. So we started talking about what would a monster hunter do? What would Dean do? And she said that Dean would help other people. And so right as the pandemic started, she started working with her school guidance counselor to start a mental health club in her school. And actually she's doing so well that we completed therapy because there's nothing for us to talk about anymore. She's doing great, Mm -hmm. she's asymptomatic, which means she has no more symptoms because she has become a real life monster hunter. Now, what that means is that in learning from our pain, when we can give something back, when we can help somebody else, and maybe every once in a while also interact with our own mentor, like Sam or Dean or Cass or someone else, you can become your own version of a monster hunter. And so I want you to remember this, that no matter what happens, this is your journey. This is your hero's journey, and you make a difference. You might not even know this, but Somebody could be alive today because of you. They'll probably never think to tell you because I think a lot of times people don't think to thank somebody that helped them through something challenging. But you're making a difference. And whether it's by sharing your story so that other people know they're not alone, whether it's by sharing your creativity or by being kind to other people, you are making a difference. So please remember that you are a monster hunter. And whatever you do, please always keep fighting.
1: I gotta be honest I got some chills right now I I don't even know what to say after that that's beautiful holy mackerel I man all right do we have any questions because otherwise I think that's a good point to end this on
0: (laughs) thank you all so much for having us we're absolutely honored to be a part of Outpost in case you guys would like to check out our podcasts all three of our podcasts we have superhero therapy Harry Potter Therapy, where we go chapter by chapter through the books, and Supernatural Therapy, where we go episode by episode and talking about the mental health in the series. All of them are available on just about every podcast platform, right? So iTunes, Pandora.
1: Yeah, and our Supernatural episode, we're up to five. We're doing Bloody Mary this week. We're releasing it, and we actually had the wonderful actress, Javanna Burke on, who played Bloody Blood Mary. Mary and it's, it's a wonderful episode it's a lot of fun and it's very Halloweeny. <laughs> but thank you all so much for joining us today my name is Dustin McGinnis you can find me on Twitter at the Banyan Geek
0: and I'm Dr. Janina Scarlett you can find me on Twitter at Shadow Quill or Dr. Janina Scarlett Official on Instagram
1: for all of our listeners out there we are sending out free signed copies of Dr. Scarlett's book Dark Agents book one violet and the trial of trauma to enter the drawing all you have to do is tweet about this podcast with the hashtag superhero therapy podcast we will choose one lucky listener every month to receive their free copy unfortunately due to high postage costs international listeners will not be eligible for this promotion
0: thank you all for joining us have a wonderful day
1: take care and always keep fighting